GM, and welcome to episode 7 of Probably Nothing. I'm TZ, CEO of Islands, and with my co-host Alexis Ohanian, we'll be uncovering how NFTs and Web3 are changing community, commerce, and content online by talking directly with the people building in the space. Our guest today is Betty, the co-founder of the Deadfellas NFT project. Deadfellas' minting and launch date was on Friday, August 13, 2021, and sold out on the same day. As of recording, Deadfellas sits at a floor price of 1.74 ETH with over 13.8 thousand ETH in total volume traded. Before jumping into the NFT world, Betty and her husband Syke worked in the corporate creative production industry. Since launching Deadfellas, Betty has become a leader in breaking down the barriers for women and a diverse set of people interested in Web3. We wanted to bring Betty onto the show to discuss more about how Deadfellas became a success, what it's like to build and work with an anonymous team, and what advice Betty has for other creatives looking to launch NFT projects. And if you've ever wondered what it's like to pay an anonymous team, make sure you stay till the end. Don't forget to give us a 5-star rating on Apple or Spotify, subscribe and share this on social media to help others learn more about Web3. Feel free to tag me at tzong with two Gs and at Alexis Ohanian. Our first anonymous guest. Oh, really? This feels right. very exciting. This feels yes. very right. That's surprising. Yeah. Goodness me. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of... I would say semi-anonymous because like who you know online is exactly who I am. And to be quite honest, it makes sense for something that we're rolling out later. Bit of cheeky alpha there, oh. but yeah. So it's not, oh. a, it's, it's not a forever Are you thing. A scoop? Is there a scoop? There is not- a scoop. <laughs> there's, there's no <laughs> scoop just yet. I'll, I'll tell you when there's okay. a scoop. <laughs> All right. The scoop is next friday the 13th on may 13 2022 yeah i i know that babes i got all the friday the 13th locked in my brain (laughs) is that when is that when the next scoop is gonna be uh that's a long that's like in the next decade in nft time so no (laughs) i'll say there'll be there'll be scoops before then (laughs) fair 13 is your lucky number so i think we already have enough clues there to get started yeah 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 totally well give us the origin story both you and your husband who got dead fellas started i want to hear your superhero origin story okay my superhero origin story is we i mean it comes down to the fact that we were involved in nfts in the capacity that he was you know heavily involved from the start of the year through his art collective depth core that he's he's part of mm-hmm. they were all reaching out like you know you should check out these nfts this blah 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 and he didn't need any more convincing. He threw himself right in. He told me about it and I was like immediately very excited, really like, like, wow, this is like the answer to so many things and got so hype, but I was scared to engage for a long while. So I, I just kind of lurked for ages and, you know, absorbed and learned and that sort of thing. And he kept getting us to do really cool jobs on other people's projects. And I was like, I mean, we've worked in creative production together on a corporate level for really amazing brands for years. So the production side of it is something that we do anyway. And having been involved in the communities and things, I was like, let's just do our own. The idea for Deadfellas just came really organically. We love horror and we had been discussing like the the fascination with uh, zombies across pop culture and how it like brings so many people together. And I think that people love spooky stuff, 
you know, they always have. There's like a, it's throughout time. Everybody loves a bit of spooky. We've got like the the dark fairy tales back in the day. And then I'm sure you guys were obsessed with goosebumps and that sort of thing. So there's just, yes, yeah, that sort of vibe I want to speak up on. Good callback. Yeah. TZ doesn't know what that is because she's yeah, a Gen I don't Z. Know what Are you joking is? me? I don't know what Goosebumps is. Oh, no, my she's, God. She's, 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 I know what children. Ghostbusters is. You don't know. know what Ghostbusters is? All I know is Ghostbusters. Oh, dear me. I don't know what Goosebumps is. We'll put this in wow, the show notes. I feel so old. TZ, I'm oh going to send God. you some reading oh material. God. It's okay, Betty. I'm with you. I'm with you right Stop here. Stop the podcast, that is, guys. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sending you a Goosebumps book right now. I'm a geriatric millennial and proud of it. All right. I'm a boomer compared to TZ. Oh, I like elder millennial sounds a lot better than geriatric. I'm willing to provide you a goosebumps education. Um, yeah. Nineties, nineties children's yes. horror. <laughs> but yeah, I really wanted to touch on that vibe and that energy and uh, also kind of lean into um, like streetwear and all kinds of different things. So yeah, we just went for it. I didn't think about the name. It came to me straight away. The concept came straight away. It was like a bit of a brain zap, you know, when you have those ideas. And I was just like, oh, we have to do this. And it was a bit of a risk, to be honest, because we were in a position where we we were at this convergence of like a housing crisis and obviously an economic crisis over here with, with COVID and all of our, like, we'd lost so many jobs over the last few years because all of everyone's, like, huge events and things were being cancelled. And um, so we were not in a good spot. And it was like, you know, we either throw ourselves into this and it works or it doesn't work. And so that was, like, the fire. Obviously, we have three children. It had to work. And the more we just sat down, it was like, it is going to be amazing. This is amazing. I was so, so excited when we came to the final design of like the the little core character that you see today. Just so cool. I'll share that little guy one day. He's a cutie. <laughs> How did you assess the risk when given the circumstances of your business and having three young children? Mm. And just diving into NFTs. Like how did you think about risk reward? and all of that or going in you knew that this was going to work no matter what people ask me that and I think that at that time it sounds like such a long time ago it was I mean it was when we were in the the really just getting ready to launch it was July and then we launched August the 13th but when we were in that process to me it didn't feel risky it felt like it was it just I knew that we had all of the makings of something very, very special. And as I said, we were just in this really bad spot. So it was like, if it doesn't work, are we really much worse off? You know, we're screwed anyway. So let's just do this and see what happens. And um, and it just took off in the most amazing way. I remember the, uh, I knew it was going to sell out, but I didn't know it was going to sell out so quickly. And I didn't, it was just a, I don't know, humbling and, and, I felt like, you know, that scene in Jaws where the cameras pan in, you probably don't know because you're a baby, but you know where, she has no idea. <laughs> yeah, you know, where the is like uh, terrified and the camera kind of pans in and zooms out at the same time like that. Mm. Yeah. It was yeah. like that watching the supply go down so quickly, watching the mint happen. It was just, 
it didn't sink in for a long time. And we worked straight for days and days and days after that. I know anyone that launches a project will know the work begins after you sell out. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of risk. We discussed that on our last podcast with, with Bobby hundreds, exactly where it's like, as your project or collection sells out, that is when your work really starts. It's oh, not believe. the yeah. end of your work. People that say it's easy money, it is the furthest thing. If you want something that's um, sustainable and has all of the makings of something that will last, you know, the test of time and bring value, it's like the work is astronomical. Luckily, we love it so much. So it's like a real joy to be able to do this. But yeah, in terms of risk, I'm, I'm a fairly risky person. I'm calculated. and I know what I'm doing. But I do tend to do things that are out of the box anyway. And Psych kind of just trusts me and comes along for the ride, <laughs> which is a cool relationship. Awesome. Uh, yeah. It's, it's good cool. to have in a partner. It's amazing. Yeah. He's the voice There's of a lot of trust a there. Of the time. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. How does the anonymity factor into it? I used to always get on people because they'd be like, Reddit is anonymous. And I'd say, no, technically it's pseudonymous. And they'd be like, the hell is that word? And it's like, no, it's like, you have a username it's just a fake name uh or at least it can be what, what have been some of the advantages to being able to operate that way well so my name is actually betty that's what i've been called it's it's not my legal name but it's what i've been called since i was tiny uh by everyone in my life so that was natural for me just to be myself in terms of being anonymous the decision initially was just the creative freedom because of our corporate jobs because we didn't know what was going to happen obviously and clients are clients anyone that works with corporate clients knows that it can be a bit difficult and confusing for them to separate things in terms of what you're doing it's the reason why psych has an artist name because people kept finding his artwork and being like what is this and you know getting very confused so that was that there's also safety I have three young children and we were entering a space that you know, was, there's a lot of money in there and there's a lot of people and you're, you know, that sort of thing. So there was that. I am 100% myself, you know, everyone in my discord and people that know me through my community know a lot about me down to the car that I drive. <laughs> and it, at this point, the anonymity is only maintained, as I said before, just to benefit rollout of things that we've got going on because I'm using my PFP which is based on me so there's also that but I'm using my PFP as a use case to show people how you can build a personal brand around your PFP which I think I've done very successfully so I'm using that to show people how to do it in a way that makes sense and yeah the things that we're rolling out will kind of break that anonymity down and obviously I'm going to be at events and on stages it's really just the fact that we haven't been able to travel that I haven't so far so yeah I love anonymity though and I think that it maintains safety for people too you know yes I think it's I think it's the future people having pseudonyms because it's and I'm also seeing a lot of very talented friends who might run service-based companies and they have clients or they're working at an at a company and they have to be like pseudonyms on Twitter because mm. it's like the second identity, this alter ego that they can't have their colleagues or clients knowing about. And I'm seeing this happen more and more as people 
want to spend more time in Web3 and they're trying to go from Web2 to Web3 without like having done the full jump. Yeah, it's like a gradual shift. So that's what I've been seeing a lot. Yeah, totally. And then, you know, you have the people that don't have the same experiences using their IRL identity. So they change their Web3 identity in order to kind of shed those disadvantages and and come at things Mm, because of the unfairness of the playing field. They then come at it. They can be anyone they want and their work can be received for their work rather than for perceptions that come with their identity so I think that that is a major thing Hell yes and I got really annoyed you know when there was there was the scandal with the fame lady squad and the Russian guys and people were calling mm. out for founders to be um, completely doxxed and I'll, I just didn't agree with that because it's marginalized people mostly that need that safety at the moment and it is just yep. completely unfair because it's always the cis dudes that are shouting for it I want to double down on that because it is so important for web three to to reach as many people as possible because so much of the you know the empowering qualities of it are going to help level a playing field that historically institutions gatekeepers whatever you want to call them have been of a certain ilk a lot of folks who look like me who have made decisions around culture and all industries what are things that we could be doing to to further accelerate how widely Web3, NFTs, et cetera, can be adopted? So I think that when I think about my own experience, the initial barrier for me was the the culture that I saw happening in a lot of the discords and in a lot of the Twitter threads mm-hmm. and the conversations that surround the whole industry. It felt to me like, and it still feels to me a lot, like going back in time a little bit, like I feel like it's as as progressive as it is in technology and as welcome as, as it is in community and that sort of thing, I feel like it is actually quite regressed in terms of equality and feminism and, and that sort of thing. Because I think that because of the, the imbalance of the people that are represented in the community, you know, we hear that it's about 75% men. People are not being represented just because they're naturally not there, but also because no one's challenging anything as much as they do in real life because the I guess the accountability just isn't there. So I think that when you see things that are not okay, challenge them. Don't be afraid to challenge them. And because we're working together to build something. So we all have that responsibility. It shouldn't just be me and, you know, a handful of other women and gender diverse people and people of color and indigenous people fighting for themselves. You know, it needs to be everyone. And that's 75% guys so I would like that to to be part of the culture because I think that it's people that enter kind of they want to fit in don't they so they just kind of act how everyone else is acting and so we need to set examples and no more twitter threads with tags just buy the winners buy women's work you know (laughs) fair enough that's not enough who are your favorite women artists or or women-based projects that we want to get listeners to buy or invest and in, participate in. There are so many that I love. Lorona is one of my favorite people. Oh, I want a boy. I was just looking at boys <laughs> yesterday. I really want one. I want a one of one. I want yeah. the one Dom Hoffman has. Oh God, they're so magical. I love them too. So Lorona is one of my favorite people and what she does is amazing. 
there's lots of projects. I think that um, in terms of the projects that people categorize as women's projects, you know, with typically femme avatars, I love them all. I think they're all doing a really amazing job. I think Boss Beauties is great. It's headed by people that know what they're doing and they are using their projects to kind of drive an initiative that was already alive in the world and empowering women and girls. So I think that's great. But honestly, they're all great. You know, there's Crypto Stacy's Honeys and there's photographers. There's like Priyanka and Amy Woodward. And yeah. I just, and then there's gender diverse um, folks. Like what Fat Baby is doing is always really innovative and cool and fun with Clever Girls and Raptor City. And there's, there's just so many things to um, discover. So I would encourage people to do their research because it's that's fun in itself, isn't it? 100%. Were there any early NFTs that you bought that helped you learn more about the space? Oh, God. No, I had no ETH. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I had no money and no ETH. So I didn't buy anything until after we sold out. Um, Syke did buy a few because he was obviously selling his art prior to this and he was like putting it back in. So he had things like... Oh, what did he have? Like the aliens, the galactic, is it the galactic agency or the galactic society? Or so they were, they were a long time. They were like early this year. Boring bananas was a project. A long time back then. earlier this year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Hello, many ago. moons ago. <laughs> Way back when. Um, Boring bananas, the, their project was all around um, like connecting people and we did actually find a developer one of our developers on in their discord he was in there so that was really cool uh, but my first nft was actually a ghosts which i love it was a taurus uh, zodiac and i love it and it was really special i love ghosts love it checks it. out undead yeah it checks out with uh, <laughs> the dead fellas vibe yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um i'm addicted to nfts though i have to control myself <laughs> yeah my wife catches me on my phone and she's like are you are you shopping for nfts right now no like, not yes. you just bought like so many <laughs> nfts yesterday alexis you got like so many crypto covens that's on well, and that's, cool. and that's How on cool my is that that's on my public address but yes oh you have uh, oh you have private ones too yeah. <laughs> You got to. I've got multiple wallets because I, you know, I dox myself once with uh, a bunch of punks and apes and stuff. And then it's like, okay, well, I don't want to, you know, I think I also really believe, you know, I, I love the way that you describe the projects you're obsessed with because you're starting with the the creators and the founders and the vibes and the intention. And it actually, it's wild. I have a bigger tweet storm that I'm not going to monologue y'all to death with, but everyone in a way is becoming an early stage VC. And, and so much of what I've done the last 10 years has been based on, you know, when there's no product, when the market maybe doesn't even exist. The only way, the only way I seed Coinbase in 2012 is because of the vibes and the potential of Brian Armstrong and this nascent Bitcoin community on Reddit. Like that was it. And I look at these projects and it's the vibes of the creators. It's their intention, their thoughtfulness, certainly the art, and the, the thoughtfulness of, of the, the product, but, but then it's, and then it's the community and it's, and who here has the, the sort of minimum viable community to do something that I think will be special in 10 years, not in yeah. two months or 10 hours, but a decade. And, and I think this is, 
it's wild because many, many more people are going to be coming into this with every passing month. And I'm excited by the prospect of this because there are a lot of amazing people who are going to get to do this for a living who never could. I mean, there was just no pathway to turn. I mean, how could Dead Fellows have existed in a pre-Web3 world? No, it couldn't. Right? And I, that I mean, is it absolutely it. No, it could not. It's It's truly amazing that the power has been shifted so much um, that we no longer have to ask for permission to explore our ideas and to innovate and to really, I think that convergence of technology and, you know, community driven projects that are backed by thousands of people. And then you've got artists and creative thinkers all working together to make what everyone wants. It's like the perfect, perfect, melding pot for magic to happen so I love it so much I think it's interesting watching the community kind of mature with the year Mm -hmm. because obviously we haven't grown as a whole and the you know nfts in general just over the last few months it hasn't fully exploded has it it's it's quite insular still and I think that those people are maturing and learning and buying differently it's interesting to watch those buying patterns shift so i'm i'm excited to see what happens then when you know adoption comes and and more people enter which is what's going to happen real soon with the big players entering now so interesting thing is with everyone now becoming a collector or curator being a good curator is now going to be one of the most valuable skills mm. moving yeah. forward for this next decade and so it's going to be really interesting to see based on what alexis was saying on how we are all investors now and curators and early stage VCs is now becoming more democratized in, in Web3 where we're all investing in the projects we care about. And it's really a matter of like, not just the art, not just the community, but really the creators as well in seeing if they're in it for the long term. That's an important thing that I think is increasingly like difficult to suss out in maybe a more pseudonymous world because you can't really like do research on the person as much you have to go off of what they're saying on twitter but it is interesting like if you're able to crack that and you're able to read people through their tweets through their twitter spaces their interviews and understand if they're a short-term thinker or a long-term thinker that's powerful skill to have it is and it's a difficult thing as you said to crack because you know success and accolade in the real world and in web 2 does not translate automatically to success and accolade in web 3 like it's you know just because you've made it in one area it doesn't mean that you will in another and i think that's where a lot of people come in thinking that there's going to be this big automatic success and it's it's just not like that so it is its own beast and um it's very interesting. It's it's going to be hit and miss, obviously, trying to work out with the anonymous and the pseudonymous thing. But I don't know. I enjoy it. I enjoy the ride. Do you have lots of friends who are like under pseudonyms or anonymous people on the internet? So many. All the people in our Discord, a lot of people are doxxed, but have been doxxed like over time because they're now very good friends that talk every day. But yeah, I, I know people by their Discord usernames and their Twitter handles, and that's how it will stay. I cannot call people like, <laughs> you know, Jenny and Mark after this. Like, I'm going to be calling them like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> the hilarious usernames that you see because that's how I know them. But I, I do love that. I love that because you're getting to know the person, aren't you? Like when you talk to people like on that level, these are real friendships and real connections that, are pe- that people are making. That's a utility in itself. Even if you don't own NFTs, you can gain from that in discords and on Twitter. So I think that's really cool too. Yeah, I now remember people by their Twitter PFPs and their Twitter usernames and like not even their names, but it's like those are the only two things I need to know because it's when you're DMing someone or you're tagging someone in a tweet, it's just their handle. And so that's the new identity. It's like usernames, whatever you want your identity to be, and you're just crafting it as you go. It is. It's a really valuable thing to see that change. Digital identity and the shift in how we perceive others professionally and personally is a huge shift with this this whole industry. And I think it's so cool. And that's why I'm utilizing my PFP as as I am doing, because I, I want to be like a use case for that for people moving forward. Makes sense. So I'm also just very curious on how you spend your days and weeks and how you manage your time across all of these different many different things that you have to manage yeah it's it's a lot but it's also not a lot like we've changed our lives quite a fair bit to fit things that we need in and I prioritize my time fairly well we always have had to anyway with children because we've worked from home forever so it's like you have to have some sort of remnants of a schedule otherwise you can't live your life normally so my kids are my priority and the same with psych so we we make sure that they're taken care of and work just fits around that. So any parents in NFT will tell you that a lot of work gets done on a night. That's just how it is. So I retired my mom. She was working a really terrible job and well, not a terrible job. Mm -hmm. She had a good job, but you know, very high stress. And I was pleased to get her out of there. So she helps. I love that phrase. You retired her. Hell yeah. I did. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what happened, you know, like she was not going to be able to retire otherwise for a long, long time. So it was one of the first things that we did. And so she now gets to hang out with my kids now and again, so I can get a lot of meetings and work done. And um, yeah, we just work on a night mostly. And it's, it is what it is. We have to have Things have slowed down in terms of like we're able to sleep more. I wasn't sleeping very well in the beginning and there's a lot of pressure. And I th- a lot of founders struggle with that because I have accidentally found myself in a, in a bit of a role with everyone where people will, you know, project founders will message me mm. kind of having a bit of a vent because I think that's a little bit of an unspoken thing. Like a lot of people struggle with that because for every person that's like, you know, when this or when that or, you know, whatever, there's thousands of other people and just one person to receive it all. So it's, that can be a bit intense, but I manage that fairly well, I would say. And I have a very thick skin, so I'm fairly okay with that. I think you have to have a thick skin to survive the early innings of Web3. You really have yeah. to. You really have to. A lot of people- <laughs> Twitter can be it. scary. It is. Twitter can yeah. be scary and dis- and Discord can be terrifying as well. And, you know, when, you, when slow mode's enacted and, and you're answering to so many people and, yeah, I think a lot of people don't anticipate that sort of thing because it seems like a bit of an ideal thing to launch a project. You don't realize that all of a sudden then you're thrown into being responsible for just so many people because they have invested in what you're doing and 
that can feel huge. And I don't think that everyone is cut out to run that sort of thing. So yeah, that's something that I don't think a lot of people consider. And it comes as a bit of a shock. But for us, it's something that we're used to managing anyway with our our history. So yeah, we're doing fine. We have fun. We laugh a lot. It's great. (laughs) I love it. What other advice would you give to people who are interested in launching their own NFT projects? Uh, Just identify early on what you want. Besides this one you just gave. Yeah, just identify what you want. I think that for me, part of the success of Deadfellas was because we created something not with what other people wanted in mind, but because I wanted it. Like I wanted gender diversity and I wanted to see, you know, traits with everyone represented. I wanted like a horror themed but accessible horror, you know, not too gory collection. I wanted to see that. So we made that. And when you make something that you yourself want to be in existence, there's more chance of it being successful, in my opinion. There's more of you invested in it. It's more authentic. People can relate more. And then there's what what you actually want. Like, do you want to do just an art project, which is fine. It's so fine to just do that. Just have those expectations right away. And then you don't end up in a situation where all of a sudden people are asking when and more and this and and that um, there's different avenues to go down. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to like promise a video game and this, that, and the other. You could, you could have, you could be like charity driven or you could be mental health focused. There's lots of different things. Don't try and be everything. Try and be what you yourself are passionate about is my advice. Authenticity goes it. a long way. Mm. Mm. This is the way. This is the way. Yeah, and I love learning from other people as well. I would I would recommend getting involved in discords of projects that you admire, even if you can't access them, if you can't afford them, and just learn from them and absorb what's going on in the community and how the founders approach things, and and just become involved because it's a it is you know as many of things that need to be changed and the barriers and a lot of issues like that. It is just such a beautiful encouraging collaborative place to be in general the nft community so you know driven by hope i just love it is there anything that you wish you would have done differently looking back in how you guys launched your project how you manage expectations with the community um figuring out the roadmap any of that no honestly I'm really, I'm a firm believer of mistakes have to be made in order to learn and to grow. I don't think that anything can be done perfectly. And if it is, something's going to go wrong down the line, you know, like that's just the nature of life. So, but I believe we've made the right decisions for what we've done and I don't regret anything. The only thing <laughs> is the the pre-sale that we did because we, we wanted our collection to be very accessible. So we had it at 0.025 to launch and we did, I believe, one of the first pre-sales in the sphere where we had people sign up to this pre-sale list and they got to mint between one and five dead fellas and we paid for the gas and everything. They just had to cover the cost of their NFT. And But we did it all mm-hmm. manually. We did it by hand. It was like <laughs> such a long process. Wow. Yeah, it was so long. And, you know, people didn't end up perishing in gas wars which was really cool but it did take a long time so that was I 
yeah, if we had found a way to automate that, I think Woody's later on did it really well. They automated it and, and did it in a, in a way that made more sense. But, you know, we were trying something new at the time and it worked, but it, it could have been fine-tuned a bit and we will do that. And we, we figured that out for for Dead Friends, the next thing. So What's Dead Friends? Dead Friends is the companion Tell us collection. more about Dead Friends. <laughs> yeah, Dead Friends is the companion collection to Dead Fellas. So we have a lot of storytelling around our collection. So the story is that Betty and Psych, they were on a raid and they found in a, in a lab in Dead Zone 13 all of these animals that were under the same situation that they were, where they had survived this infection and because of this antidote, but it had turned them into these dead friends and we released them. And that is the collection that we will see. We were supposed to be launching in December, but we have just so many amazing, cool things that need to be tied off to kind of make the environment that we launch into as strong as it can be. Cause oh, I'm so excited about what's coming for us. And I wish I could tell you more about that but I can't but yeah dead friends is going to be fun we're designing it in a way where it allows you to be part of dead fellas just as much as anyone else it's uh, they're pfp ready and there's going to be lots of utility with them you're going to be able to gain access to decentraland and to all of the verified things that we do and yeah it's going to be fun and I also just really love the designs it just gets me so amped to be able to release more dead fellas art into the world so that type of storytelling and creative ideas is it still you and psych mostly working on it or do you have other folks who are helping brainstorm and work with you guys on the all of the ideas the ideas come from us because it's how we built the collection but we could i mean the nature of how we've grown is we've had to bring on a big team so we have lots of people working with us now primarily on the storytelling we have our narrative designer India who has worked on many amazing things in her career she's fantastic she's working closely with Leon our comic artist and Psyche and we're kind of throwing ideas around and building this world together because there's there's a lot coming that requires that to be completely fleshed out so you know we've always had the general story but getting into the nitty-gritty and character design and you know social issues and there's so many cool things that you can put into these stories that further the way that we relate to the pfps on a more personal level i think it's very fun how big is the team now oh god it was 24 last week it's 26 this week it grows quickly wow yeah Mm, yeah we have 3d artists copywriters project managers narrative designers we have decentraland developers and yeah there's a lot of people are they all full-time um no everyone's on their own different path because we have different needs from different people but it's obviously as well there's so many people that are anonymous that's another thing that you navigate you know people buying into projects that with (laughs) anonymous founders and then we have all these anonymous people that work for us but there's such a level of trust there you know I may never see some of our mods but I've worked closely with them since the start of our project and and trust them very much it's a strange thing to try and explain to people that are working in traditional industry isn't it but it works I mean, even in Web3, like it's still pretty new to be hiring and working with anonymous people. So 
like I'm so curious about this from logistics to like working with them, just the whole like the nine yards, like the boring parts of like work life. It's like, just, you just get used to people having zoom with the camera off. That's it. Like you're just communicating on discord. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. We talk. I mean, how, like, how do you I'd... pay them without knowing their identity? <laughs> it's it's just a wallet address. All you crypto, just pay them. Wallet, ETH? Yeah. I have a lot of questions. So yeah, like (laughs) the trust is there from the work that people have produced and the the validation of their association with other people that, so like our, our Decentraland team, we've never met them. We've never seen them, but they work with Decentraland and the things that they do are magic. Like they are just so incredible the things that they we can just ask them you know is this possible and they say oh yeah why not and then they go away for a week and come back and they've invented something that has never been done so I don't think that identity is really that important in that instance it's I mean it is for some people so we have like yeah the mods that we have are all doxed to me and we have you know there's certain things that we have to have like NDAs for certain levels of production and that sort of thing but in terms of other parts it's just being flexible and moving with the space which means embracing anonymity to some degree I think that's going to be a bit of a barrier for people coming in from web 2 and from traditional industry especially the big brands it might be something that they need to learn how do you pay anonymous people yeah just the same way that well, you, you dox them. buy an nft yeah you just with a wallet no, no doxing. No doxing, Alexis. Wait, but you, you have their info. No, I don't think she does. I do. I have most people. I'd say about 70% of people and the rest are just, yeah, usernames and wallets. But we talked to them. Just <laughs> Usernames and wallets. <laughs> that's, that's wild. Wow. It's good bad But this name. is the future. You're living in the future. Yeah, yeah, Facts. I do think, and I think that leaning into those Web3 quirks are part of what's going to bring longevity for our project, because we really trust in the world that we're building in. We're not, you know, in here building a Web2 brand and slapping a Web3 label on it. Like, we are intrinsically Web3, and so that's just what we're doing, yeah. Where do you imagine dead fellows to be in five years time like what does what does success look like for you in five years for dead fellows i want the original holders that own the original collections to be empowered and to have had their lives changed i want dead fellows to be a household name i want it to have cemented itself in pop culture and and that social consciousness i want it to just be there and it will be. I know it will be. I trust in my own abilities, not in a way that's like, I'm so good, I'm so good. But I just, I know that I'm good at my job and I know that Sykes good at his job. And I know that our team is amazing. And I know that our project is its own thing. You know, we've cornered a niche in a new world that hasn't been cornered apart from us. And I think that our attitude towards collaboration and bringing the community up with us. I just, I've, I have really, really fond visions of what's to come in the future because what's happened already in just a few weeks is honestly mind blowing. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, am I dreaming? 
what's going on? You know, mm. you, I check my Twitter DMs and I love and it. emails and it's just, it's craziness to me what's going on, but it's real life. It's happening. So yeah, just along for the ride and I'm going to keep pushing as hard as I can because I think that really special things will happen if we do. I love that answer. And I'm very excited to see the future of Deadfellas and all of the amazing things you guys are rolling out. Thank you. Thank you very much. Last question before we wrap this up. If you're stranded on an island, which NFT would you bring? It can be your collection or any NFT in the world. I have a feeling I know what the answer is going to be, but let's hear it from you. Do you really? I'd love to know what you think. Let me have a little think. Yeah, what do you think it's going to be, TZ? I'm so interested as well. Well, Just one. Just let me. Just let. I mean, I presume with her love of her of her PFP that it would be her current PFP. Yeah, but that's me though. That's the thing. (laughs) That's the thing. Any NFT, like, wouldn't you want to bring you to your island? Well, babes, I am me. So it would be like I'd have to <laughs> You're create like, yourself. That's yeah, a good point. I'd have to create like a um so I'm already there, that's a given. Betty's there. But I have <laughs> to, I would have to create like a team then with someone else. I think I think I would bring Psych. <laughs> is that is that uh, a terrible thing? Yeah. Psych's yeah. NFT. No, that's a very yeah. good pick. Not everyone was, would say that about their partners, so Yeah, but I just think <laughs> we make <laughs> <laughs> no, we make a good team. We make a good team. It would be cool to be stranded on an island with with him uh, and his BFB. Although I did consider for a while that my cool cat, just because she's cute. <laughs> she wouldn't be very useful my on cool a desert <laughs> Yeah, oh my God. I love my cool mm. cat too. I was actually just looking at cool cats before, like, I need to buy another cool cat. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> We need more cool cats. It's always a good time to get a cool cat. It is. It is. It is. I was like, what can I sell to buy more cool cats? But it's hard. I can't let go. I'm terrible. People are like, can you give me tips on trading? I'm like, no, I never sell anything. I just, I'm just this like mm. crazy old diamond lady hands. courting NFTs. I'm a diamond hands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me too. Yep. Me too. Diamond that. hands holler. Sitting mm-hmm. on my NFTs like, no, I'll never sell. So, yeah. <laughs> same same makes the three of us yeah perfect love it we should make a band amazing well thank you so much for the time today betty this was a lot of fun and i loved hearing about your story thank you yeah thank you it's been a pleasure here, here. thank you for sharing. thanks for having me